What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. Joining me today is the big man, Chief. What's up, man? What's going on, Jeff, Jace, and uh, shout out to all our listeners out there. And, as you may have heard, the other person joining us in the booth is little brother Jace. How you doing? I am doing well. It is a beautiful, beautiful day in the DMV, and we are ready to podcast. I'm not sure what you're doing there. It's okay. Okay. That's that's not going to continue the whole show. No. We're going to digitally change your voice to sound like the Arthur. <laughs> actually, you know, that could actually be funny. So let's, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Just use your regular voice. All right. Let's start off with something else that is very funny. Uh, so everybody wants in on the franchise business. Marvel Studios has shown everyone the way to make tons of money in Hollywood is to stack up and build a cinematic universe. We've seen everyone else fail outside of maybe Fast and Furious, but they had a jump, so I don't know if you can count that. Um, we've seen the DC Cinematic Extended Universe uh, fall, stumble, hit the ground. Not really sure what the heck they're doing. I don't think anyone over at Warner Brothers knows. That didn't work very well. Uh, there's recasts going all over, and it's just a huge mess, which is crazy because it's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, etc. And for some reason, they can't get a franchise going. And we've also seen Transformers talk about getting a franchise kind of in the same way. We've got their very first spinoff with Bumblebee. Who knows what that's going to be? But at the very least, that one actually has real, honest-to-goodness Transformers in a Transformers movie. And we saw uh, Tom Cruise try to get the horror franchise going with The Mummy. And that one didn't do... That one did so poorly that Universal has pretty much shelved their whole monster cinematic universe. So franchises that aren't Marvel Studios just aren't working. But we've got a new contender that wants in on the action. They think they've got the formula to make it work. And they're calling for pitches right now. Gentlemen, I'll give you four guesses to come up who to come up with the identity of this potential franchise. Chief, I'm gonna let you go with one first, then Jace, then Chief, then Jace. Ready? All right, Chief, what you got? What's the name of the franchise? The property. So like there's any kind of franchise that you could possibly think of that could become a, a series of movies. A franchise that I could possibly think of that could become a series of movies. Uh, <laughs> they're getting back into the sharks, aren't they? Uh, I saw the Meg. I didn't see it, but I mean, I've been seeing the Meg. I guess I mean maybe maybe they're going back with sea creatures. I don't know. Nope, not not sea creatures. Jace, how about you? All right. I know it's on TV, but let's see. Josie and the Pussycats. No. All right. Let me give you another. Let me give you a hint. It is based off of something very near and dear to your childhood. All right, Chief. Godzilla. How, how's that help you? Well, they've got that coming. Godzilla versus King Kong is next year. Oh, is it? 
Okay. Yeah. So near and dear to my childhood. Yeah. A horror movie. No, it's not a horror movie. It's like any oh. any kind of potential franchise property. Oh, okay. Any type of franchise. Okay. Um, Voltron. That could also be a good one. Not not that in this case though. Jace. All right. GI Joe. No. Uh, uh, it's cool. You know, it would be fun if they decided to make GI Joe movies. That would be a really cool series and franchise. I don't think it would be that expensive <laughs> to do. I think they could do it. Like, yeah, you know, the ones that were out. Huh? Huh? What's he talking about? The GI Joe movies. They were, weren't they GI Joe movies that were garbage. Um, I feel like no. I feel like they were. They made a G.I. Joe the movie, but it never actually made it in the theaters because Transformers the movie didn't do so well. But I'm talking live action. And, you know, that's yeah, what I was Yeah, even the dog doesn't believe him. Exactly. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. No, uh, man. Live action. They did, they did do a G.I. Joe. Uh, I remember the list on, um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the black eyes? Snake eyes. Yeah, the co- I mean, they always see guys doing cosplay with snake eyes, but they haven't done it. Marlon Wayans was in it. <laughs> Wait a second. Now, <laughs> now, now you really got me confused. You said there's a G.I. Joe movie where you saw Snake Eyes' lips and Marlon Wayans? Come on, Chief. That just sounds <laughs> preposterous. Who would do something like that? Who would do that? Like that? Man. Okay, y'all got to be messing with me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to okay. work my men in black pen so I can blink that out. Jace, you got another <laughs> guess? Oh, you did. All right, so fellas, yeah. this franchise is coming. This potential franchise is coming from General Mills. They want to get films made of its breakfast cereal monsters, Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry. Uh, well, let me start off by saying that wasn't near and dear to my childhood. I didn't even eat that stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, you watched the commercials when you watched the cartoons, yeah? I, I saw the commercials. I remember them. But I, I didn't eat that. Uh, I was more of a Cheerio guy. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You go with some kid, a kid theme movie, you know? Why not? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, it's been around for twenty years. I, I mean, twenty years. Yeah. We, we shoot. We're in our forties. That thing's been around longer than that. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I. But who wants to? Like, who? First of all, what kid would know who they are? And then it's, the adults, kids, people in their forties. Would you? I mean, I'm not going to see a blueberry movie. Most most people most most parents now are vegans and don't want their kids to have cereal or be in the cereal aisle. So, uh, hey, you know maybe it's some extended you know, marketing. It's you know I, why why aren't we famous? <laughs> you know what I mean? When you hear stuff like that, you think to yourself, like, why aren't I famous? Like, I could do better than a blueberry movie. Just, exactly. Just a film crew coming out and filming my daily life would be better than a Booberry movie, and certainly most better than the first Paddington Bear movie. I, I, I don't understand why, why my life is like this. You just okay. like vision, Chief. Dace, what do you think about this? 
Like I said, uh, <laughs> it sound it, it it doesn't actually sound as ridiculous as I'm 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 laughing at it, but it's like hey, it's it's just I mean remember most of the GI Joe like the cartoons of our generation were really just extended commercials for the toys and comic books. So don't you buy into that narrative? They had great character development in those shows. And it worked to get us to buy the toys. Listen, I would have bought the toys regardless of a cartoon. They had comic books. Again, but, hey, we, we need to introduce the uh, uh, Jet Fighter. Add him to the cartoon. All right, we got him. Uh, that reminds so, me, I still need to buy that Jet Fighter figure. Yeah. That was totally unrelated, though. <laughs> no, not messaging at all. Yeah, I... I, mean, I don't think it's actually as stupid as I'm, I'm, I laugh, like I said, I laughed at it, but it's like, you know, why not try it? I mean, I don't know how long, I mean, you do like maybe like a 75 minute show, I mean, commer- I mean, uh, movie, I mean, it, it doesn't say, it's, I mean, is it going to theaters or we're just going like releasing it out to DVD, Blu-ray? They're, and all they're looking for all kinds of pitches, so it could be animated, live action, I mean, you know, they did make a big franchise out of Hotel Transylvania. So it's not unheard of for, you know, audiences to be down for this kind of thing. And why not that franchise? I mean, even if they made it like a CGI slash live action deal. I don't know. It's not the craziest thing I've heard, which I don't think is a very good testament to Hollywood. But, yeah. Now, I'm sorry. I I just want to jump back because you you mentioned – one of those franchises that could have gone somewhere. I really like, well, hey, I really like uh, Dracula Untold. I really thought they could have gone somewhere with that. And, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's not like super giant blockbuster, but I thought that was really good. And it, if they could have like just made like kind of a Frankenstein one after that, not trying to use Tom Cruise and the Mummy, because that was just a horrible idea. <laughs> it's like, hey, Tom, why don't you, 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 you can stick over there Enjoy Mission Impossible. If we want to make a, a nine-day sequel too, we got you. But you in a horror movie where you can't die, it's not gonna work out. Or even an action movie where you can't die, it's not gonna work out. That's pretty much Tom Cruise in any action movie. Yeah, I mean, again, just like you know Brad Pitt in, in World War Z. Do you mm. think Brad Pitt is gonna die? Mm. Mm. Star power. Yeah, star power is terrible. All right, but you you, you uh, kind of led me up to my next point here. So I don't know if you guys have been watching Castlevania on Netflix. Did you seriously ask that question? Uh, you know, I like to hear myself talk because ah, you really do. That 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 eight, that last eight episodes got devoured in probably a sitting. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, so the creator of Castlevania his name is. 80 Schenker. I apologize to all 28 million of you who do know how to pronounce his name. I do not. Um, but he is actually going to work now on a Devil May Cry series uh, that I assume would also be coming to Netflix. How excited are you about the prospect of a Devil May Cry with the same kind of quality as Castlevania? Devil May Cry is on, I mean, that that's the show. I mean, that like the because based on those uh PlayStation 2 or 3 games, those games are made for, like, live... I mean, those are perfect for anime. 
I mean, just you can make all the showy stuff, and there's actually a decent story there with him and him and Virgil and all the other people I could not remember. But Dante. Well, I'm talking about all the other characters, but it's Dante and Virgil, and all his and all the other characters. But yeah, I think that could, that could be a good show. I mean, because they they I, is it? I think they do the right amount of blood and kind of gore in Castlevania especially for a mature audience, but it's like, yeah, that's probably, if you're going to do something, you can't just have them banish and blow up in flames <laughs> because they're a monster. It's like, yeah, you got to make the monsters kind of intimidating. So, yeah, that, I think they can do a real good job on that. Chief, did you watch Castlevania? Did you, did you play the Devil May Cry games? Uh, I did watch Castlevania. It was, it was actually uh, pretty good. Um, the whole—I uh, thought they were gonna make it last a little longer than the uh, than the two, uh, uh, you know, the two series, the two, you know, the two-part series. I thought it was gonna be a little longer than that. I'm surprised, you know, it ended so quickly. But um, double my crowd—that might be—that might be interesting. I—I I was watching something, uh, a Devil May Cry something, a cartoon or something. With with Dante in it, uh, not too long ago, uh, they did a a movie or a short series, and I can't remember what it was, but uh, it wasn't that wasn't bad either. So I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to uh, a Devil May Cry series or two part series or whatever. So I mean, hell, I like Monster Hunters. I don't even know if you saw that Troll Hunters. There it is. Mm. So. You know, I'm not opposed to Devil May Cry at all. Good deal. Um, so, in a like real shocking bit of news, Agents of Shield, uh, their sixth season is coming out next summer. Uh, ABC's decided it's going to be a summer show. I like that move because there's not really a lot of great summer shows, and with the glut of comic book TV shows during the fall and regular season. Saving Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will make it seem special and have people watching it. Um, but the real surprise is that even before the sixth season airs, ABC's already renewed it for a seventh season. And that's just unheard of for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which pretty much every season has been one of those bubble shows. Will they, won't they renew it? And ABC just took all the suspense out and said, look, this show does well with our live uh, plus three viewing. So like three days after they're watching on whatever. Um, So it's great. And this will allow the writers to really focus on a season and come up with an overarching theme, possibly to stretch between the two seasons. Uh, Both season six and seven are going to be 13 episodes. The perfect sweet spot for a comic book show uh, in my not so humble opinion. And yeah, I'm really excited. And I realize I still have like six episodes of last season that I need to hurry up and watch now because it's no danger of this being the final season. Uh, but I'm really excited about this. So what do you guys think on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. getting a seventh season? Uh, I, I I actually like it because it, it, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. And I, and I especially like the summertime because it should, it, it would probably, uh, if you do 13 episodes, that'll probably span the chasm of 
like one Marvel movie to the next. So it's like, hey, you get your kind of your Marvel fix, but here, hey, here's how we're gonna tie in Agents of Shield to this quarter's uh, big overarching theme of the Marvel universe, and we can make a really good storyline. And we and knowing that they got two extra seasons, they're like, okay, here, what are these movies coming out? What are they gonna kind of be dealing with? We can, you know, here, throw here's what bone we can throw in this one, but here's this good Shield story we got going on. And not having to, having to worry about, hey, is everybody going to break camp? Because they're like, hey, uh, I don't know when my next paycheck's coming to and somebody offers me a pilot for this random show. I might take it versus staying on with S.H.I.E.L.D. And especially, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was expecting to see some of the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Avengers, so uh, Infinity War. So not seeing them was kind of like, oh, well, maybe they weren't as big a part as we were led to believe, but now it's like okay, oh, I got two more years of checks. Okay, we're cool. Um, I'll, I'll I'll keep signing on for this Marvel universe, and maybe I'll get in the movie someday. So yeah, I think it's really cool. What do you mean you you were you were confused <clears throat> that they weren't part of the Avengers larger universe? No, no, I was I was I was wondering. I thought they were gonna just like even just be like a cameo in where um, of Infinity Wars. How was what I'm they saying? They could have been crowd control. They could have been you know. I, there I, was I, nothing I, to so, do crowd control one. Okay. Everything was I, happening so fast, and Nick Fury and Maria Hill hadn't even registered what was going on before it started going bad. I mean, there was that one quick attack in New York, but it was over so fast that there was nothing to worry about. Some of it, some of this, you're gonna you're gonna find out uh, when you watch those last uh, episodes of Shields. All right. Thanks. I, I need to catch up. This is on me. Yep. You're right. I apologize. Chief, what do you think about this, man? Uh, congratulations on the seventh season. Maybe I'll actually watch their first one now. Oh, man. Chief, listen. You know, Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D., much like Arrow, I feel like you're missing out on some of the better ones and watching some of the crappier ones. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a very rough first season. And then, like, the midway point, it got really great. And they've had like some ups and downs more way more ups and downs and they've had some really great seasons and even before uh they cut the episode countdown to 13 they were smart and they broke down their subplots um over the course of the season so you'd have one big plot that would last for let's say eight episodes eight nine episodes and then they would go to a completely different one for the back half of the season. And then they'd, they'd have some way of connecting those two plots, but it really made for a better season. And it wasn't just, oh, we're chasing after the same one bad guy who we really should be able to catch in one episode. And it, it just worked out so much better. And the show was, that was kind of the one that had me like really geared into the Netflix way of doing it. But I think uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has actually done that a little better just because they don't waste time on one guy the entire episode or season 20 22 episodes out on like you said one person one bad guy it's like i think like the first like jefferson like the first season you're gonna be like wow okay this is kind of i i want to you know as you said a couple weeks ago when you're talking about uh walking dead there's gonna be a couple episodes you're like you know what i think my nails need to be cut but i think you're once you get past that midpoint it's like oh i didn't see that coming okay let's let's see where this goes and then the next, each season after that, you're going to be like, oh, this is really good. 
and then they're gonna have was one season. It's like gonna be like, especially if you watch all the Marvel movies, you're gonna be like, oh wow, this is great. And then you'll be like, man, I, really, I probably should have, you know, stopped watching maybe not because you don't watch Arrow, but you know, you, you might want to cut a flash week off and watch like a couple episodes of Agents of Shield, and you'd have felt like that was a better use of your time. So I, I think you probably, I mean, if any any listeners don't watch, I mean, you watch it, don't watch it. I honestly recommend just watching a couple. Of, I mean, getting at least to the second season on Netflix, and I think you'll be like, you know, this is actually a good use of my time, and then you'll enjoy it up to the season five that they're on right now. Yeah. All right. So moving right along, um, so Agents of Shields got renewed, and there is another show that made a lot of waves. Um, but let me let me let me hold off on that for now. All right, so we talked about The Walking Dead, and Chief, you have been holding out on watching this for way too long, but you finally caught up to this season. You you're right up to where everything is right now. We heard the walkers asking where they are. Uh, we saw the fat, flat, ugh, easy for me to say. Fast forward, uh, Michonne is pretty much leading Alexandria. Uh, we don't know what happened to Maggie at Hilltop yet. Um, and the surprise that I read was that Maggie is done for this season. Her last episode for this season is the same one that we saw Rick, uh, or at least everybody thinks Rick died in. Um, so that was kind of weird. So with this flash forward, I said flash, fast forward. <laughs> you know, this is a flash's fault because he screws around time so much. Um, so we're going to find out over these next episodes what happened to Maggie and why the Hilltop and Alexandria and the Kingdom have this tension going on between them. So, Chief, what do you think about what's been going on and what's your thoughts? Um, well, you were right. It did get interesting. Um, it had, uh, yeah, the first couple of episodes were, 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 well, the first episode, I was like, ah, didn't start to pick up. Um, I like how it right now gives you the illusion that the saviors just disbanded. Um, so they, they they didn't want to be a part of what was happening. So they're kind of living in squalor right now, or they were. Um, those who didn't want to join. Um, this whole dynamic, I was I, we, you and I were discussing how uh, I, we liked how they they went forward. And we didn't have that period of uh, of, of that Rick morning, um, which we didn't have to waste episodes with people getting through their feelings on that. So um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, this new, this smart Walker dynamic might be a new wrinkle in it. Like this whole time, you know, you were you were saying to yourselves. Uh, you know, got born with the walkers, you know, you could, even if a herd was quote unquote chasing you, I mean, you could kind of get in front of it as long as you weren't in the middle of it. It, 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 You know, they, they, they made the dynamic. I mean, you know, they throw some bombs. I mean, herds weren't even a problem anymore, but now if you get a smart walker who you can't distract with all those other things, and maybe they get to the point where they start setting traps for the uh, the people and things of that nature. That brings a whole new 
a whole new dynamic to the story. You 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 want to see what the Walkers have planned, along with you know the different other conflicts or whatever going on within the community. Um, I like the Carols, kind of back to her killing ways. <laughs> I miss that. Um, so it looks like it looks like it's gonna get uh, back to the to that interesting. Um, that is the rest of time. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, uh, Rick's daughter, you know, uh, comes up in this thing. Um, you know, she was born into this. Uh, she was the only one who, out of that group, was born into it. Um, so I'm I'm interested, in, you know, interested in seeing how um, she adapts. You know, how she hardens up and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, it's it's. It, it's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting. I'm actually looking forward to the next episode. I swear when those walkers were talking, I was like, Oh I'm like, Oh oh So and I haven't been excited about uh the walking dead like that in a long time. I'm you know, I matter of fact I think I rewound that like three or four times just to just to make sure. So um then I wonder if we're gonna get a glimpse into where the heck Rick's gone and why hasn't he come back? And um I don't know if you had a chance to look at the helicopter. Did you see the marking or was it me and my imagination? I did not see it. I still have it on my DVR to queue up. Okay. Okay. Because so I think they about... some kind of center for disease control or something. And, uh, you know, they got them there doing something. So cause I always wonder why, if he's alive, why they come home? And then the dynamic with the crazy girl. So this whole time she wasn't crazy, right? My like, the leader of the the garbage people, like. So, then when she was supposed to, was she supposed to bring the priest to them bitten, or like was she supposed to bring the priest to them bitten, and then they? Because the whole time we all, I mean, I, I assume that she was talking to the saviors. Uh, on the on the walker talkie, so then she dumped the she dumped the walker onto the priest, and then she pulled it off. So I'm like, well, what was that for? Like, what what purpose was that going to serve? You know, you know what might have been is like maybe it was like who and I, and I didn't see any markings on the helicopter, but maybe it's like, hey, I want to show you like she's giving people who are freshly bitten. To like say the CDC, CDC, and be like, all right, here's like here's this. You guys get a chance to study them as they're turning, and then see what happens. So, but but I, wouldn't that? I mean, is that is that hard to do? Is it hard to do to find somebody who's been bitten, or well, to most, get somebody to, to like like if they're studying um, walkers or or whatever have you? Then obviously, I would think they would have people who do they they're 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 having the walkers bite and see so if the vaccines, <laughs> different vaccines, like you don't have to put an undercover agent in uh, a deep undercover mode for three years to get a bite. That's well, no, like, like, well, think about it. Like, own community. Well, yeah, see, well, she's well, say she's trading one or two of her people and like letting everybody else not really know it because in that world, you're just like, oh, somebody went out and they did an errand. Oh, they didn't come back. Oh, okay. 
sorry, nobody thinks anything of it, but what she does has her little one person like, okay, here, here's this person who was freshly bitten. Now go, because if you're like in a, in a, say like CDC, you don't, you probably have like, hey, we have all our smart people here. We don't have like free smart people and there's not many people going to come over here and, hey, how you doing guys? Uh, I, I can use some sanctuary because they're not going to, they're just not that many people around. So they say, hey, you, you find people who come to you, you, you get them and we'll give you some supplies. So that, that's something I, I, I mean, didn't I mean, see. So. Set, her, set, her up, set her up in a dump. Tr- I mean, they set her up in a, in a, in a garbage dump. I don't know, if you look at DC, that's a condo now. So I mean, she wasn't doing too very, too bad. <laughs> uh, it just seemed a little, it seemed a little crazy. So I don't know. All right. So, so James, what do you think about everything that's been happening? Okay. Uh, like, especially after the last episode, I like how, and I think it was real good that I actually was listening. I just listened to our, when we were talking about like the first episode of uh, Walking Dead, but how after this one, remember how like uh, Michelle was like, Hey, Maggie, who, who made, who made you to counsel? I mean, personally, like basically who decides who lives and dies. And then on this episode, you actually had a council, like kind of, Hey, it's not just Michonne telling these guys, Hey, I'm head of security. Y'all getting out. She was like, Hey, there was actually a council who voted like, Hey, we're, we're the council who decides on who, who stays in this community or not. So that was kind of good. I, I, the fact that uh, Maggie's dead. I didn't say she was dead. She's, not she's, dead. she's gone. She's not, she's not on the rest of the, We won't be seeing her for the rest of the season. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know where that's going to take us, but again, I think, some mystery and Walking Dead that doesn't seem forced is a good thing. I, I think that's the one thing it has been missing lately. And I think that, I mean, there's there's some story to go with that. So I think that's cool. And I also, I think one of the best things about how, like even just like the talking walkers, is we're back to the original question of the show. It's like, what the heck started all this? And now we, it's like, wait, if they're, the walkers are evolving, like maybe was this a plague? I mean, no, let me say, was this something that the, some government released and now it's, it could be wearing off? People are going to start coming back? Or is it just humanity is going to evolve from this? I mean, so I, I think that's that's like, okay, wow, we, we, got, we got, we can get back to that question. Like, is, especially if they're, like if Lonnie said, like there was some CDC thing, a helicopter, that that was oh wow I mean it, it's been a while since we back went back and with Rick and the CDC where he's like hey man if you die you're already exposed so it doesn't matter I mean it's it's everywhere it's not like one or two things it's not just the bite it's everybody who dies you're you're st- you're caught it's in the air it's just you're dead if you if you die you come back so maybe we can get back to that question which I I think has always been one of the more intriguing things that it was just oh bait uh, I can't say it right now. It's, it's Saturday morning, but but I think that's going to be something really cool. Uh, we got some areas that we can cover, and I think this flash forward, fast forward is great. Is probably one of the best things that's happened in the show in a long time. Perfect. All right. So something that's not very good for any time is the announcement yesterday that Supergirl has finally cast Lex Luthor. Now, this is a guy that uh, Superman fans, Supergirl fans, have heard a lot about over the course of Supergirl's 
four seasons now and we're finally going to see him and uh you know i feel like there are a lot of people out there a lot of white guys who could shave and be lex luther and the supergirl creative team decided to go with john crier and a lot of people online were very quick to point out, hey, ha, 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 he played Lenny Luther on Superman 4. And the problem is no one ever should be reminded of Superman 4 unless they're watching it as a dare or a joke. Um, so John Cryer, he's bald now. And maybe that was the only requirement the Supergirl creative team needed. I'm not happy about this. I And there's so many reasons. I'll just go through the first three. The first is John Cryer is 53 years old. Brenda Strong, who's been on the show much longer for, what, three seasons? She's 58. So, according who's, who's to... Who's Brenda Strong? Gosh. You, you already stopped me in the middle of my points. Brenda Strong is Le- Lillian Luther, the mother of Lena and Lex. She's 58. So, how in the world did Lee Lillian have a son at five. Not that they're supposed to be the same age as they are in real life, but that's just not, I mean, he looks old. He doesn't look young. He doesn't look like Katie McGrath who plays Lena Luther. And for some reason they decided let's go with him. It's just a terrible, terrible casting choice. I mean, if they really wanted to get somebody from the Superman TV movie universe, they could have just had Sam Witwer play Lex. He's the guy that's right now playing Agent Liberty. And he would have been an awesome Lex Luthor if he just decided to go bald. But, yeah. So I have a real problem with that. Because people are like, well, wait a second. Uh, He's there. And, you know, because people on social media tend to have a tendency to be stupid. They were complaining about the actress who is playing Lois Lane on this Elseworlds crossover. And... They were complaining that, hey, she's too old to play Lois Lane. This is terrible. Her name is Elizabeth Tulak, and she's 37. And I guess Tyler Hoshland is younger. But Elizabeth Tulak looks just like Lois Lane. If you were to do a like a comic book, any comic book panel of Lois and put her next to it, it's like you could not have possibly cast that any better. John Cryer, not so much at all. I mean, I can't help but see him as the goofy doofus on Two and a Half Men. He's not cool, cruel, manipulative, powerful, threatening, menacing, any of the things that we need out of Lex Luthor. And Jesse Eisenberg got a whole bunch of crap for playing a very different version of Lex Luthor. But his is immediately better than John Cryer's take. And I have not seen second one of John Cryer, but I already know he's going to be undoubtedly the worst Lex Luthor we've ever seen in live action. Chief, what do you think about this? I agree. I mean, I didn't want to see him either. Um, You know, um, he's a comedian. He's, He's uh, like his his gift is buffoonery. Um, so I don't know how that that works into uh, Luther. Um, <laughs> hell, Jason Statham would have made a better Luther. 
Um, dude, I feel like anyone we could we could come up with so many better choices to play this guy, and they went with the one yeah, guy, and they were like, "This is our dream cast. This is our dream you know casting choice for Lex Luthor." I'm gonna tell you something, man. It seems like Supergirl does a lot of budget, uh, a lot of budget. They're cheap. No budget things in, in their in their in their in their universe there. Um and um Perhaps you're referring to Martian that. Manhunter that's ninety nine percent of the time a black guy. Uh, yeah. I mean they don't even they don't even he doesn't even do what he's supposed to do. I, I don't that's that's not even do Martian Manhunter's uh, fact that he doesn't change out, he doesn't <laughs> His eyes closed. He doesn't. His powers. He doesn't really use his powers. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know what he's doing. But um, I'm just talking in the sense of sometimes their effects they don't follow through with uh, their action sequences all the way right. Sometimes, like just some of the stuff they do, there's like oh, that's all the budget. That's all the budget cut. Um. So this this crier uh, hiring is not out of the of the realm for these guys. Like when I heard it, I was like, Ugh. but I couldn't be like I wasn't I wasn't one of those people who was like, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. That's what they kinda do on on um on Supergirl. Just like you'll notice that they like they do a lot of wrong choices. They don't read the comics like <laughs> They don't know the the sons that enhance Supergirl's powers versus the ones that take it. Um, they just don't know certain things over there at the Supergirl. And um, so we, we've seen how bad the writing can get, right? There's no... Uh, there's nothing in there to say that the casting should be any better. Now... Um, Who's gonna be afraid of this Lex Luthor? I have no idea. Um, it, it, like, like you see how, like, for example, uh, Jimmy Olsen. He looks to be about six seven. I mean, this dude is dude, dude, <laughs> the guy playing him is tall as hell, right? Like, you know, in the comics, Jimmy Olsen was like some little tiny weak dude who um, was just kind of just kind of a nerd with a camera in a sense. Um, he had his bravery moment. Um, but, you know, now, you know, now the, 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 the camera guy is running the company. We don't even talk about that. Um, so you, you, you go back in and you say, well, Lena Luther, uh, looks to like, she looks the part. They, they do her, her makeup and like, she, she looks to be business savvy um, running around here, which, you know, when she's doing her thing. How is her brother, because to me, I'm thinking he's probably shorter than Lena Luther. Uh, um, coming here, you know, dictating policy and an evil... Uh, and an evil part of the family. Just... just, just uh, 
Like even you know, even the comic book Luther is in shape. He uh you know, he works out, he you know, he's I mean, John Cryer? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um uh, you know, and, and it's funny because if you think about it, um other than maybe Gene Hackman and um what's my man? That's the the, the guy who's everybody's against now. Um Kevin Spacey. If you think about the Luthers, like from Smallville, um you know, Jesse, my man from the last one of the, the superhero like they all these Luthers are small, timid Luthers. And I don't know why that's that's one of the things they cast now with Luther. Like these are small, timid Luthers. And when you see when you know, Luther is not uh a a, a timid guy. He's not a small timid guy. You know, he's he, you know, he's not a, you know, a six five guy, but he's you know, there's, when you look at Luther, there's, there's some spunk with him. You know, you just don't feel like you can just go in, slap the hell out of Luther, and then walk off. And uh, they cast him like that. And I don't, I don't understand that, you know, why that is. Well, some of that so, is because they've been hiring Superman actors outside of Henry Cavill who look small and are very slight and can't bulk up enough to... I mean, so you can't have a Lex Luthor that's towering over Superman or looks bigger than well, him. Here's my thing. This is Supergirl. So you can get, you can get a, uh, uh, you don't have to get a, a super bulky Luthor because you're playing with an actress who's probably 5'4", as Supergirl. And you can alter the, the shots whenever Superman makes an appearance, if he does, but like, even Lex Luthor against the other men in the group, except for uh, Brainiac, because that's who John Cry is probably the size of Brainiac. She's actually 5'8". So, that's not that tall. <laughs> You're talking about super Sorry, sorry, sorry 5'8 mm -hmm. people out there. It's just it's for not girl, that tall 5'8". For a girl, that's pretty tall. And for women. For women, for women, five eight is tall. It's pretty tall. Five eight four guys. You guys think that's tall? No, no, I no, don't. no. You're saying you're saying Melissa Beno is five eight. Yes. Okay. Oh, she's five eight. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, but okay. So, but that's what I'm saying. How tall do you think John Cryer is? You know what? Let's that's out. my point. So, so like, you can't have. Why would Lex Luthor? Like, you want Lex Luthor to be taller than Supergirl? He's 5'8". There's, there's a lot of stuff exactly. with Dry Cryer hiring. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they got to put him in lifts. And Katie McGrath is 5'5". Five five. She's uh, Lena Luthor. Mm-hmm. So, right, and that's, that's my point. Jace, I saved you for last on this one. What's your take? <laughs> this is a setup. <clears throat> okay, first off, this is your dream casting for Lex Luthor. Obviously, this is your cousin, and y'all didn't want everybody to know that you needed to help your cousin get a job. Like, so that was how that was dream casting. 
Two, it wasn't just the internet folks that mentioned that he has a history with Superman. The writers actually said, hey, you know, it's really great we get somebody with the legacy of Superman since he was in Superman 4, that we really can have this. It's like, the worst Superman ever. Do you want to put a call back to that? Hell no. Like, that's just, no, they're inconceivable. Like, nobody wants to say, I am a Superman fan. I have a box set of Superman. I'm trying to figure out where I can shut that Superman, the whatever. I, I'm just trying to figure out where I can throw that Frisbee. Uh, okay. Next off. Uh, okay. This is, I think Chief put, put a real good point out there is, I, I understand like the Tyler Lockett, he really doesn't look like Superman other than, he looks like Clark Kent, but he doesn't look like Superman. I think Tyler Lockett plays for the Seahawks. I'm sorry. What's what's the man's name? Who's, who's Tyler played? Hoshlin. Or Hoshlin. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I unfortunately don't see him enough in the cast to actually really remember his last name. So I'm going I'm gonna go from there. He doesn't look like Superman in costume. Like this I mean, he plays a, he plays an actual really good Superman. Like, you know, shaking hands like, hey, I'm not the you know, I I have all these great powers, but I actually think you humans are actually worth something. He's actually like, five eleven. Yeah, he's probably five eleven and one eighty. So <laughs> that doesn't do anything. And so I'm I'm just saying, like the best, like kind of Luthers. I mean, like we all the live action Luthers. Let, let's 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 face fact. Beside um, Matthew uh, Michael, no, beside Michael Rosamond, all the rest of them have actually sucked. Whoa, like, Gene Hackman. Gene, okay, Gene Hackman played a version of Lex Luthor that it, it, I, I, I didn't dislike his version, like, especially now, but I think the best Luthers have been the ones who look like, hey, if Superman didn't have all these daggone powers, I would, I would whoop his tail and show I'm the best person in all of the world. Like, that's kind of how they did in, in uh, The Adventures of Superman, I mean, uh, the anim- animated Superman. It was like, hey, I, I'm just as good as this dude. I just don't have all these freakish powers like I'm the smartest person in the world if you guys didn't have me if this guy wasn't here you guys would be adoring me for how awesome I am uh, and then that's like kind of like why I really like the one in super all-star Superman because he's like I'm, I'm like I said I'm, I'm bench pressing I'm, I'm like a world athlete I'm, I'm a genius but if it wasn't for this freaking guy you think I'm awesome I'm the most awesome thing ever and John Cryer doesn't wreak anything near a awesome Lex Luthor. Like, even, and I'm sorry for interrupting you when you're talking about Lillian. Look, I just didn't know what her what her name was. But that doesn't. That looks like a guy who's well too established in life to care about Superman. Like, as a dude who's literally like, I've already. I mean, if Lex is supposed to be that super genius in that world, he's looked like he's like mid career before Superman even comes around. He's like, I don't care about this dude. He wouldn't. He, he doesn't look like somebody who's in Superman's age bracket, where it's like I really am in competition with this dude. He's like, I've already got all my things in life, and now Superman's here. I don't care. Like that doesn't seem like something that he would click. That would click in his head. But then, as you, you also mentioned the point, I think another point, Jeff, is like there's going to be a point where the Lillian and Lex are in a scene together, and you're really going to be like, wait, how is this supposed to be her son? I mean, like, because if you're going to say, like, Lillian and, I'm sorry, Lena 
and Lex don't even look like they would be in the house today. I mean, they look like somebody who's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I had your brother like when I was 10 years old, and he's off to college when you're actually a five, I mean, a three-year-old. Like, they don't look like they would have ever been in the house together. The other problem is Brenda Strong is a very young-looking 58. So it's not like she's like, oh, gosh, she's so old. I mean, she looks younger than John Cryer at this point, who looks every bit of 53 years old. Yeah, and then, I mean, like, even with his bald head, and it's like, you want to, I mean, like, every picture, I, like, they've had most, like, recent pictures of the dude. It's like, it looks like, he looks like an old, bald man. I mean, I'm sure he's very happy in life, got a nice little eggs nest, but that doesn't look like a young show's Lex Luthor. That doesn't seem like somebody who grows with the cast. Like, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think that is... Like, I know we, we talked about how bad Tyler's casting was when we saw the first pictures of Superman. We're just like, hey, dude, I look like... I know I can bitch press more than that guy. I have no shame doing This one, I'm like... I don't see how you redeem this one. This is just bad casting. And maybe maybe he's just the Lex Lucifer for the Elseworld crossover. The Lex Lucifer? No, he is going to be Lex Luthor in Supergirl. I don't even think he's going to show up until after the crossover is over. This is bad comedy. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I just decided, I just, I just did a quick Google search of bald dudes because I feel like Lex Luthor is one of those important... You know, what always strikes me with the Marvel Studio films is how every casting choice has made sense and been pretty much perfect. Like, you don't watch these guys performing and go, yeah, they should have gotten XYZ actor to play this guy. Like, I can't imagine anybody being a better Iron Man than Robert Downey Jr., I couldn't imagine anyone else being Black Panther but Chadwick Boseman. I had some questions about Chris Evans because he played such a perfect human torch, but he's an even better Captain America. But there there are a lot of casting choices with the DC films and, and trickling into their TV shows where I'm like, guys, does anyone know these characters and what they're supposed to really be? And one thing that I've always had like a problem on the TV version was the Arrowverse actually had a perfect guy if they wanted to make a black Jimmy Olsen. They should have just had the guy, Echo Kellum, who plays Curtis on Arrow, play Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. He's he is the Jimmy Olsen he's Jimmy Olsen from the comics. And he would have flowed in so much more naturally. He's just inherently more goofy and non-threatening and then they could have swapped out uh what's the dude's name uh Mikkel brooks uh they could have put him or mechad brooks put him on as mr terrific on arrow because he actually looks strong intimidating like an olympic athlete and it's just they make really questionable casting choices where it's like why and this is just the latest so let me put this out to you guys you're in charge of DC, Arrowverse, slash, movie universe. They've botched the cast of Lex, casting of Lex Luthor twice. Who would you make? Who, who would you select as your Lex Luthor in your movie or TV universe? Chief, I'll start with you. 
Lex Luthor. Uh, maybe Gerard Butler. He plays a he plays one hell of a bad guy. Um, I'm trying to think of other other good villain guys. Um. Um, I think I was just watching something with him today too. Uh, <laughs> like whenever you, uh, another actor. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, he's like, but that dude is like six five. But he, I think. I think Gerard Butler would do a good Luther. I don't, I don't, I don't. I was going to okay. say my man, the dude that plays Vision, but he's tall. He's too tall. Paul Bettany. Like that dude is, yeah. yeah I mean, tall doesn't matter like little, as long as he's slight like he is. Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying, but I, I think he would make a good Luther. I just, somebody's shrewd. Um, you can play a good shrewd spot, you know what I mean? Or like, um, Hell, even the dude, the dude who plays Loki, would probably make a good loser. Yeah, he would. I think he's enjoying that Marvel money way too much, though. Uh, well, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right, Jace, you got anybody in your dream ca- in your dream casting that you'd have as Lex Luthor? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm I think you said something else. Uh, the the swapping of Curtis. And Jimmy makes too much sense. That's why they didn't do it. I mean, like, when when they were talking about Jimmy, he was like, you know, when I saw Clark do all these amazing things, I was like, shook. I'm like, really, dude? You're like, you're the tallest dude there and look like you, like, kind of out. I mean, you actually go to the gym with Superman. Like, stop it. Like, you don't, you don't sound like you're intimidated at all. That's, I mean, Curtis, on the other hand, he looks like, you know, he sees a piece of toilet paper and runs the other way uh, if it's blowing too fast in the wind. Uh, now, I, I just did a real cursory search. Now, I, I know I'm actually, what I just said, like how Superman, I mean, they don't look like they're in the same age bracket, but this dude is actually so good, I, I really get over it. And I know he's already been in like three roles in DC, but I don't care. Mark Strong. <laughs> so, I don't care. It's like, throw, throw everything I just said out the window. If I can get Mark Strong is is uh Lex Luthor. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, that's a dude is like, he just said like, cause even in like Kingsman where he's like trying to just, you know, where he's just trying to, you know, be serious. It's like, if you, all you have to do is change his tone a little bit. You just like, whoa, okay. What's, yeah. all right, what's, what's going on, man? We, we, we're going to fight. We, we, we're going to have some duel. What's going on? So I, I mean him, him just hitting that intimidating, like I need mercy. I need this person dealt with. Yes, that's going down. Mercy is taking care of that. Uh, and I just think, I laugh at every time I see these like these like Luthers. It's like you just need like somebody who looks like they should be taken seriously. And that that's a good dude. Like Mark Strong was like somebody that who you you, you take serious. So like I I just did like a another search. Like uh, I I seen this guy was it Travis uh, Fimmel from. Vikings, like I, I'm, it might just be like a really good picture of the dude, but it's like, yo, at least he looks like in the same age bracket. Like, okay, like he's somebody you might want to think about. Like, you can grow with the cast. Uh, I mean, 
But I still say, you know, if I get my dream casting, it's like let's let's keep it let's keep it uh, Mark Strong. Yeah, he'd be my choice too. And it's crazy. The dude is like right in the building. <laughs> He's right around. Yeah. Hey, oh, remember the guy who was awesome as Sinestro? What about him? Let's go with something different. Let's do Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, okay. Yeah, I feel like they really need, they desperately, so desperately need a crisis slash flashpoint movie to just fix everything and make Mark Strong like Luther. Because I'm like, why is he Dr. Savannah? Dr. Savannah is like five foot. I mean, he's not supposed to be looking eye to eye with Shazam. Anyhow, so yeah. yeah. That, that, but, yeah. I mean, like, that, that's just like, why? I mean, I think, and we said this, like, we, I mean, like, especially when everybody was talking about, uh, Shazam is just like, why are y'all wasting him on Shazam? And it's and it's and it has nothing. And I'm excited about seeing Shazam. It's just like Mark Strong seems like way too good a guy after to put in as a C level bad guy. It's like that's a dude. If you actually have your Legion of Doom versus Justice League, you want him to be like kind of leading the charge. Like him as Lex Luthor, tell him, hey. I got this kryptonite suit. I'm going to take out Superman. All the rest of y'all do what y'all need to with y'all guys. I'm thinking they follow that dude. Absolutely. So let's do the wrong. Yeah. But that movie probably will never come anyway because no one at Warner Brothers seems intent on delivering good things for us. Yeah, Warner Brothers, I mean, I mean let, let's be honest. I think once uh, Wonder Woman uh, 1984 is done, they're probably going to screw up the whole thing. I mean, I, I just think I, I mean, I, I don't. There, the there's. I don't think they they just need to unless they kind of go with your idea. I don't even think it's going to be a DC extended universe after next year. We'll see. Now, one thing I kind of need to walk back a little on what I said about Warner Brothers DC not delivering anything good. Um, I've been watching Titans, and I. I I have a few issues with how some of the characters are portrayed or why Corey slash Starfire never changes outfits and still is rocking a fur coat when no one else seems to be aware that it's cold. Um, It's actually been decent, like much better than I thought, just because I was like, oh, really? F Batman? Okay, great. But I think what's making it a little more interesting to me than the Arrowverse shows, I have no idea what's happening from episode to episode on titans and they've come into this kind of odd pattern where it's like titan story introduce new characters next episode and back and forth and that's been kind of cool because these guest appearances from characters like hawk and dove and the doom patrol and jason todd have worked out pretty well and we, we like the last episode episode four we finally saw the titans actually come together for a moment before they split up a little bit but it's been really interesting and i'm like i don't think it's like oh this is so good just yet but i'm interested and they're keeping me invested in the characters and wanting to see how it develops as each episode goes along jays i know you've been watching it but chief have you been watching titans on the dc universe i have not and it's funny because <laughs> I haven't watched anything on the DC universe and I'm paying for this daggone subscription. Um, <laughs> give me some money. I'll show you how to throw it away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so 
how how so so you've been enjoying it then the Titans is it is good. So the first episode was really kind of like I don't know about this because it it didn't focus on pretty much anybody but three characters and their portrayal was kind of really off from how they should be in the comics and I guess that's traditionally my problem with DC uh, live action stuff because they've got the blueprint they've got the cheat sheet this is how the characters are this is how you treat them this is how they act in certain scenarios and when you had writers write them consistently for 40 50 years you've got a pretty good blueprint on how they should act and the characters in titans don't act anything like the characters do in the comics and it's one of those things where it's like okay if you're so stuck on the comic you're not necessarily going to like it but this is one of those okay they're just they refuse to do that so I'll just have to see if I can get along with what they're doing here. And once I reach that point, much like I did with Gotham, I, I've enjoyed it. And it's, you know, it's trickling out on this once a week thing. And I don't know if I don't like it or if I just wish they'd have it all so I could binge. I feel like watching in a binge uh, fashion, I would really be into it. That week break is kind of like, okay, it's like every other show just without commercials but i i feel like it's worth watching um there's definite room for improvement like how they handle robin slash dick grayson is probably the one thing that i'm kind of like guys y'all don't have this guy right at all and anna diope hopefully i pronounced her name right uh she plays corrigan starfire and she's not at all like the comic book version but she plays an interesting character like she's the one who I always find like okay she's very different but she she's that one presence on the show where it's just like hard to kind of like uh i want to i want to know more about what's going on with this character and the way she acts as Corey is very different than anything we've seen before and it's kind of like does she know anything beyond what we're seeing or what so been interesting jace what do you think so far of titans Titans, I the first like I said the first episode you're kind of like all right I don't really know where y'all trying to go with this, but then like I I I was I was fortunate that I I was like I had like three episodes I was three episodes behind, so it was like okay like there's some with Dick Grayson we don't kind of know what's going on, and I think that like I said that little bit of a mystery because it's like he's not like cheery at all he's kind of pissed off, and we try. There's something there. See, there's like that little mystery there. The characters, like I, I, I don't really know that much about. Like I know I've read like some Titans books, but I'm nowhere near an expert. But it's like okay, all, all, like Raven is kind of like a teenager, but there's something going there. You don't really know what's going on. But I think we're three episodes. You kind of see where where the mystery is going to go with her. Or at least we kind of like we're starting to see some breadcrumbs, and I think that was interesting. Uh, the Hawk and Dove episode was good. Um, I the Doom Patrol, I definitely understood why after they made after they did that episode, they decided to greenlight the Doom Patrol's uh, series. And when you and like and I saw it in your review on LylesMovieFile.com, that the latest one has Jason Todd in it. I was like. 
oh, okay, so they've already figured out how to bring in additional Robins, and this is the first season of Titans. It's like, this is better than, I mean, like, that's already smarter than a lot of the, I mean, the DC live action stuff. It's like, one of the better part of Batman is actually the Bat family, so bringing in the kind of black sheep of the family is perfect. Uh, so I, I think I think I want to probably I, I'm probably gonna wait until next week so I can watch two of them at a time because watch one at a time you're just like okay I I mean I can go I can do that and can go about my life but it's like sometimes I don't want to do anything I just want to sit and watch like kind of a good show and two hour blocks are kind of like good two or three hours like that's a good block for me and Chief I'm actually gonna say. The use your DC universe when you're like cleaning the kitchen because that's I like I I finally opened up a I watched uh, was it Batman and the Mystery of Batwoman a I don't particularly like that movie but it was I never would pay to see that movie so it was a good just like okay let's turn it on while I'm doing something else and be like yeah this was a yeah, this is okay it wasn't great but at least they had the regular regular back the regular actors in the movie I mean the lot I mean the animated movie but. And you can, you can, and like I said, they still got a, a DC a Justice League on it, uh, and Young Justice, which is actually coming. I'm actually when I was actually really happy when they said that's coming in January. So season three of that's coming. So that's something else forward to look forward to for your subscription to DC Universe. So, but I, th- I think Titans is a, it's I, I think it's worth the investment. I think it'll probably be better, like I said, when you can binge it and watch the whole episode like so you can just like spend a weekend and watch the whole thing but so far it's been good yeah maybe do like the first five which they have up now um i think it does probably work a little bit better in larger doses because you don't have to wait to see what they're going to do with different characters like i watched the probably the first three episodes within three days which really helped because it was like okay I don't have to wait to try to, you know, speculate and start coming up with wild theories about why they're doing this and and get into spoilers and all. I can just go on to the next one. So check it out that way. Now, next year is when DC Universe really pays off. We saw the next teaser trailer of Young Justice Outsiders. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's why they're getting uh, DC Universe in the first place. I'm excited. And with Doom Patrol and other shows like Swamp Thing coming. Uh, this, this I think it's going to be worth it for people who make that investment into it. And uh, as they start adding more content, get more comic books on there, it's definitely going to be worth it. Chase, they actually have some of those old Titans. Uh, so you should check those out because they've got some good stuff and you can get a better sense yeah, actually, of how the characters are. I like that you can actually read the comics. I'm like, huh, I didn't think, I mean, I know they advertised that, but it was like, like essential like Titans series. I'm like, okay, I never thought of watching comic book, reading comic books on my TV, but especially if I'm doing this on my tablet, that's a really cool thing. So I I will check it out. Yeah. They don't have nearly as much as I think they should. Like they don't have some significant storylines, but it's a nice primer. So if you're like, Hey, I like, I would like to know more. You, You can do it that way, which I think is cool. All right, so uh, I don't want to take this up much longer, but and I feel like it's been a while since we got into this. And I was one of my favorite guys to follow on Twitter is Brian Edward Hill. He is 
really really cool like he, he interacts with a lot of his followers and he's written a few comic books including uh the detective comics run that introduces the new outsiders which he will be writing next year for dc but uh he's very you know he he just talks about everything and on twitter he posted useless star wars thought finally know why the big lightsaber scene in The Last Jedi didn't click with me. That's the one where Rey and Kylo take on those red, updated Crimson Guardsmen. Uh, my favorite lightsaber battles, see Return of the Jedi, uniquely play violence as the wrong path. Fights as tragic mistakes. This is a cool, full-stop action scene with no comment on the violence at all. Then it continues. In Empire, Luke was never fighting Vader. Vader was just goading him into getting angry, and the moment he struck the armor, Vader took his hand. To me, that was a lesson about anger and pride. In Return of the Jedi, Luke never wants to fight his father, but he's forced to defend himself. He tries to hide and reason with Anakin, but loses his control, and the music goes to tragic chorus, the first time in the whole franchise. Another comment on the path of violence and anger. Return of the Sith has its problems, but we don't want Anakin to fight Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan doesn't want that either. It's another tragedy played out by the battle, not an action scene. More dour, more dour chorus to reinforce that idea. To me, these things make Star Wars more than a genre franchise. And that just <laughs> was like, wow, what a thought. And I don't know if I'd ever really broken down those films like that, but it really makes a lot of sense. And then another person who was reading and following the thread said in phantom menace obi-wan gets angry and he falls into the hole you know in that in that space station there and it's not until he calms down and focuses that he's able to win the fight against darth maul and it's just really interesting how you look at these fight scenes and it's like yeah that's not just a Hey, it's not. Hey, we're going into a crazy action sequence. Isn't this cool? There's there there's actual there's an actual story to the fights, and there's a purpose beyond. Wasn't that cool? And I know a lot of people talk about revenge. Not uh, what is what is the last one? Uh, the Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Thank you. And. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't tell you anything that I remember from that movie outside of Luke died. Spoiler. And I mean, that's the most significant thing of the movie. He he doesn't fight and he's just serving it as a distraction. And then he vanishes off because he's exhausted himself. Um, but she, what do you think about that thought about how the Star Wars fight scenes aren't the typical fight scenes? Um. I mean, I like, I've always liked Star Wars type things. I mean, that's what I live for. I could go to, uh, I could watch a Star Wars movie where they did nothing but lightsaber battles. Um, and I find myself a lot of times when I'm watching the movies, that's what I'm looking forward to, the lightsaber fights, more than anything else happening in the movie. Um, you remember, uh, I forget which one it was. It was one of the... Uh, the second set of the first series, which is funny to say. Prequels, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Of the, of the prequel to the old series. Right. Um, 
so there was a part where they're all in this arena, and then uh-huh. all yeah, of a sudden you see Samuel Jackson's purple lightsaber just go on in the crowd. You know what I'm talking about? This party's over. And like, just I remember like, oh, 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 you know, that joint just hyped me up so much because I knew a lightsaber battle was about to take place. And I don't get that, you know, like the rest of that stuff is okay. But I mean, when you think about it, like this is this is Star Wars. That's when you kind of when you were young, coming up when when four, five, and six came out as a child. That's what you wanted. You wanted the lightsaber battles. Um, space was for Star Trek, in, in in kind of a sense. I mean, you wanted lightsaber battles. You wanted Vader fighting someone. I mean, just think about the last couple of minutes of the uh, the one that everybody liked when they were trying to uh, steal the plans for the Death Star. And the last three minutes of the movie, Vader gets on the ship and he's going through everybody with his lightsaber trying to get to the uh, the plans. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That's, that was, to me, like, that part of the movie, like, that was one of the most exciting parts of the movie, watching Vader use his force power, the lightsaber. I mean, he's going through everybody. I mean, I, I, listen, I love lightsaber battles. If they, every movie that doesn't have them is not as great as the movies that, that you know, to me, that didn't. I mean, I love them. So the more the merrier. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Yoda, the Yoda lightsaber battles against him and uh, Count Dooku, um, Anakin versus Count Dooku. I mean, uh, Obi Wan versus um, Grievous. Come on, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Anakin and Obi Wan at the end of the other one. You know, uh, the the lightsaber battle. It's, I mean. Like I said, man, they, to me, they lost so much money in that franchise not doing the Clone Wars as movies. Because the lightsaber battles in the Clone Wars would have been epic. Hey, man, maybe there's still time. All right, Jace, what do you think about uh, Brian Edward Hill's thoughts? That's a deep thinker, honestly. <laughs> I mean, to look at it in that perspective, I mean, because especially just even like connecting like the music part where it's like, especially like in Return of the Jedi, it's like it's Luke is doing that. And then it's like the music really does change. It's not not like it's not hopeless. Like negotiations broke down. He's finally given in to his anger. Like this is tragic. It's like, huh. I didn't. I really had never thought of that like that. Um, And I mean, just to point that out. I mean, that that that's a, a very that's a very smart dude. Honestly, I mean that that's a that's a perspective I just had not thought of in uh, Star Wars. Now, talking about Last Jedi, I mean the part where that doesn't connect. I also think there's like that doesn't con- that part doesn't really connect because there's nothing to it. I mean, I guess that's it. I know you haven't watched. 
I, I know, Jeff, you haven't watched Last Jedi basically since you said you watched it the first time. And, I, and honestly, I've, I've, as much as we talked about, I've tried to watch that movie. It's just like, as much as we talk about Phantom Menace, like in the pod racing scene and all that, it has that, like Tatooine scene is boring. But Last Jedi has so many parts, you're just like, where is this going? And nothing is connecting you to anything. And then when you get to the end, like when all the fights are happening, you're like, I'm not connected. I don't care who wins. And I think it's going back to like, it's like, I don't care. It's not tragic that Kylo Ren is struck down his master. It's Luke. I mean, like Luke playing the, the martyr. You're like, wow, why didn't you just come and help him? I mean, or why did I mean, you're like, I mean, again, you're also like, why did y'all abandon him in the first place? This doesn't make any sense. And I, I like I said, his, his perspective was very good, but then it also takes you back to the whole last Jedi. It's not, I really don't think it's us just griping. I mean, the fans just griping. It's just like, we have no connection to these things. And I think that is, as much as everybody complains about the prequels, we had a connection to all those characters. And this new cast, we don't have that connection. We don't find anything tragic other than what happens to the, our heroes from the previous Star, Star Wars. And I think hopefully they can change that in the next one, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully. All right, fellas. Well, that's it for this week. We are going to uh, see what happens Thanksgiving week. And I'm going to give y'all an assignment of some christmas movies to watch over these next few weeks so we can talk about christmas movies specifically those on netflix so get ready all right y'all thanks for rolling and doing this bad boy up with me as usual thank y'all out there for listening this episode of Lyle's movie files has been filed